Hello, I'm Joey, and yes, this is another part of our series powered by Taiwan's only all English radio station and only all English streaming platform. It's an interview series with some of our favorite artists from here in Taiwan, and today we'll be speaking with someone that、um, we might have talked about in our recent interview with one producer. Named Scott Suyama, and today we'll be speaking with one of the artists that he actually works with.、Um, this person's also been a former ICRT DJ, so we have more pedigree there.、Uh, her name is JoJo Sophie. What's up? How you doing? Hi, thanks for having me, Joey.、Uh, <clears throat> let me just practice real quick. Hi, this is Sophie, and you're listening to ICRT FM 100. How does that sound? <laughs> that never goes away, does it? Forever, it'll be like the end of your days, and you'll still remember that on your deathbed. Yeah. <laughs> So okay, we never really had a chance to catch up in all your years、um, being an ICRT DJ and us knowing each other. What's your like family heritage? Like, are you Taiwanese Canadian or are you Chinese Canadian? I'm Chinese Canadian. Okay,、uh, my parents are from Sichuan, and I was born and raised in Canada,、um, but they spoke Sichuanese to each other growing up. Yeah, and I moved here when I was twenty. When I was twenty, when I was twenty, yeah. You don't look a day over twenty. Thank you.、Yeah. <laughs> Forever twenty-one. So okay, what is Sichuanese like? Is it a very different dialect compared to the Mandarin that we usually speak throughout Asia? Yeah, yeah, just like just like how you know, like Taiwanese is it's Chinese, but it's a dialect, right? Yeah. So it's if you look at like the ones,、uh, the the calligraphy, the words, you can understand it to a certain degree, but like when you hear it, it's quite different. So. Yeah, I don't speak.、Either. Growing up in Quebec, Canada. Yes, Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. Yeah.、Uh, you speak you, in the house. You spoke Sichuanese. No. No. My parents spoke Sichuanese to each other.、Um, I spoke Mandarin with them, and I spoke French with my sister. Oh wait, they they make that distinction? Like they speak Mandarin with you, not a dialect? Yeah, because we just couldn't speak it. And I think they just gave up. They were like, "Okay, yeah, they're not、right. getting it." <laughs> That's what it is. And you had to grow up speaking basically three languages. Semi. I think English was much later in my life, but you know, being in Canada, English is also an official language, so you do have to learn it. It's just、um, when you're like in a French environment, you don't use it. You kind of don't want to use it. You kind of, as a kid, you're really stubborn. You kind of also don't want to learn the language because you're so. Well, I like, mean, there's also a little bit of. Pride of Quebecois who like prefer speaking French over English, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's what I mean by when you're young and you have that like, you you have this whole thing of being like, no, I speak French, and so you kind of refuse to learn English. And it's also just not necessary for a really long time. Like I didn't speak fluent English until when I was like seventeen. Wow. When I went to the states, yeah. So it was like much later when I was just like, really, really. Using English fluently. So, which is your best language linguistically at this point? At this point, I would say English because I use it the most. Okay. You know, I use it with my friends. I use it with work, surprisingly. <laughs>、um, yeah, and like French is just at this point, like I just use it for friends back home and my sister, and like it's not something that I use. Yeah, I, I do think that when you don't use a language, you tend to f-、uh, forget about it a yeah, little bit. For sure, for sure. So.、Like, Yeah, when I'm at home or when I'm in Canada, my Chinese is terrible. For you, you know, growing up, what are some of the toughest cultural shock that you had to get used to? I think just being a visible minority. Like it didn't really matter if you were Asian or black. I think just、uh, if you weren't white, yeah, yeah, it was difficult growing up. 
and by difficult, I mean it wasn't like, you know, you had you stuff you, you had microaggression, and I think everyone was always just like super surprised that you spoke French and yet you were there your whole life. So it's much better now. It's it's definitely um, still a little bit present, omnipresent, I would say. Mm. Um, but I I think it kind of made me even more. Uh, as oh wow, that's gonna sound so tacky. I think it really shapes you into who you are, right? Like, have to be very, very proud of being like, yes, like I'm Chinese Canadian. I'm also like Chinese French Canadian. You know, like these are all my languages, and this like I don't fit in none of the molds. You know, like I'm not Taiwanese here. Uh, I'm not very Quebecois in Canada. And yet, when people are like you're Chinese, I'm like, am I really like I'm Huaren? Yes. But like, it just happens. My parents are that, you know, and so I don't fit in any, and yet I am all three. Also, like, you know, I spend most of my adult years in Taiwan, and so I feel like it's all three that don't belong. Kind of mm, mixes into like the person I'm today. I hate the fact of how tacky all of this sounds. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> no! Knowing you, you're someone who hates tackiness. I know. <sighs> But that's the way it is. That's the way it is. It is the way it is. Yeah. I think whatever happened to us, you know, or you um, in where you grew up, made us grow some tough skin, uh, which is very useful, I think, in our line of work. Right? Being in entertainment, you uh, attended some really big singing competitions in China in the last few years, and certainly here in Taiwan in uh, Jungle Voice. Um, what was it like? Being in those environments. To be honest, I, like I get this question a lot, where people are like, "Wow, you went on the Voice of China and you went on duets," and I feel like this is going to be a huge letdown every time I answer this question because I was quite immature mentally. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life when I went on these singing competitions. So it's like a blip in my existence where I'm kind of like, yeah, I did that, and I have no memory of like, I don't understand how it, I just kind of like, I for some some crazy reason I got to taping and I got through, and it just it sounds crazy, but it genuinely is that like I'm just kind of like, I was so unaware of what was going on, and like I got in and I got eliminated, and I was like, cool, I did that, and then everyone else around me is like, oh my god, you did this, and I'm like, yes. Indeed, I did do this competition. So, yeah, it's gonna sound. It, it sounds a little bit disappointing or underwhelming, if you will, you know. But the reality of it is that I was young. I just knew I wanted to sing, and I wasn't mentally ready or even aware that I was going on like this big platform. Didn't really utilize it well. Just knew that like that was a thing. That there are crazy, amazing singers out there. So, I think the only okay, actually, so the only thing I got away from all of that was. I'm a small fish in a big pond. Okay, yeah. I would say it pushes me. It humbled me um, to be aware of that. You know, also because you have like everyone has access to YouTube. Just Google crazy singers and whoa. Um, so, but those big competitions, it's underwhelming to say. But like, I have no idea how the hell I got into it. Like, I'm grateful for sure, but I just I probably got lucky. I don't know. Like, yeah. Would you do it again? Is the question. Like, if you were asked to attend one of these big singing competitions, would you do it again? I think the competition. Like, I didn't do a competition to win. Mm, no. You know, like I I'm competitive, but not in the sense where I'm just like I want that prize. Like, I'm competitive with myself a lot of times, and so the whole reason of doing Jungle Voice was 
um, obviously for the exposure, but who isn't doing that, right? Like, yep, yep. And it just, I think at the end of the day, like when you go through another round, like you're just lucky to be able to have more exposure. Yeah. Now that I, I've been elevated, it's it's more I realize like how much growth I've had during this entire process because it's so incredibly stressful. Like nobody tells you how stressful it is until like you're immersed in it. I'm glad that you are where you are now, where I think you, I think I think you're more of an artist in this sense that you're able to create on your own terms. And you have a team that you enjoy working with. You know, Scott has been your producer for quite a few years, or at least you guys have been working together for quite a few years. Recently, dropped the song called "500 Days" by Tian. Right, that shot straight to the top of、uh, Taiwan's KKBox trending chart. So, congratulations! Thank you.、Um, what is this song about? I'm guessing it's about long distance relationship because you're always traveling between different countries. No, it's not about that. Oh, <laughs> I feel like every question you've been asking me today, I'm just like. Yeah, this interview is a huge letdown. What the heck? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, this song is about、um, my first like puppy love,、um, and I wrote it a while ago.、Mm. And I gave Scott this demo a really long time ago too, and we rearranged it, or he re- remade it into the beautiful song it is for Jungle Voice. Yeah. Yes, I definitely feel right now I'm like super, super excited, and I'm very, very grateful for the results it's been getting, and that's definitely also. Due to the, the big help that Jungle Voice, the exposure, right from Jungle Voice, so I think that's been amazing. But it's also it like really puts things in focus where you're like, wow, this happens,、mm-hmm. and that's just that.、Mm-hmm. It's, it's like obviously like I'm thrilled and it's amazing and I can't wait to see that publishing money. But aside from that, you know, like it's also it's also like okay. That just means you you gotta keep grinding because this thing like I can like you you say like it fluctuates right so like I saw it shoot up the Spotify charts kind of go down same thing with KKBox and you know it just keeps doing that and then this thing is always just gonna fluctuate downwards for sure and all I can think of right now is just more like I just gotta keep grinding and so it's. Like when I was young, I didn't think that. Like I thought, you know, like having a number one would just be like amazing. And now it's more like, okay, no, you just got you gotta keep grinding because this is just a blip in time, kind of like going on. I'll sing the voice. That、yeah. thing we were just talking about—that's constantly oscillating downwards、um, spiral of fame. Is that an addiction that you have to now to learn let go to not look at the numbers and just be like, listen, I create. I don't need the numbers to prove that I create something. I like. Yeah, I would definitely say. I think、um, anyone on social media has to deal with that, right? Yeah. Like you, anyone that's on Instagram will be like, "Oh my god, this this picture didn't get you know this many likes," and I think it's because I'm like we're a generation born into this, so we're definitely more aware. Yeah.、Um, so I think that's why it's like obviously I'm not gonna lie, like I can't stop look at the numbers, but at the same time it's. I don't think it um, completely um, handicaps me.、Mm, okay. So yeah, but I definitely do have to make a conscious like thing. Like sometimes I do have to like just not be on social media a couple days、yeah. because it just I, I need it for my mental health. Like I'm gonna go hiking for a day instead. I'm gonna go for a bike ride. Like I can't be on social media. Yeah, yeah. there you go. From a child performer, a child star to now an adult creator. What? That's such a weird thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I should probably never use the word child 
in any that's weird. In a sentence like that. That's <laughs> weird. Yeah, we're just glad that you've grown in your artistry and uh, looking forward to the next project. Are you guys planning the next single or body of work already? Yeah, I'm just gonna put out more more stuff. And hopefully people will listen to it. Well,、yeah. good to know. We'll be expecting more stuff from you. And if people want to follow your stuff, how do we follow you on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook? Instagram, yeah, yeah Facebook.、Okay. Um, so wow, this it's crazy. I because now now that I said that, I just had a major moment of deja vu when when I was、uh, hosting on ICRT. Yeah, I would always say, make sure you follow me on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> and these platforms are still here, and like. I was a DJ when, like six years, seven years ago. Like, yeah, yeah, it's been a while.、Um, yeah, make sure you follow me on my Facebook or my Instagram <laughs> at nine nine Sophie Chen. <laughs> follow JoJo Sophie Chen on、uh, all the、uh, platforms, and、uh, yeah, that includes it, Instagram, Facebook, and maybe occasional TikTok. Who knows? Maybe she'll、uh, release the TikTok videos here and there. Yeah, I do. I do sometimes for fun. Yeah, TikTok is. TikTok is kind of—I feel like TikTok is just like a whole vomit of content. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's a good word for it. All right, looking forward to more material from you, and thank you for participating in our interview today. Thank you for inviting me.